all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I really appreciate that. I really appreciate that you all. All right. Hey, what's going on? This is Joseph Brownlee, your host of Body of Christ Real Talk. Joseph Brownlee, your host of Body of Christ Real Talk. Well, we just have stood out real talk of what's going on in common sense life around the body of Christ. What's happening in our lives, what's going on in different things like social media, you know, what's going on in your social atmosphere, what's going on in your churches, what's happening in business, what's happening in different things like that or different topics you want to talk about. I just We just get real and I could just say myself, but we just get real when we just get on this show, Body of Christ Real Talk. Okay. I have uh, a special audio guest today that I want you to hear. But before I get into that and everything, I wanna I wanna give you uh, a foundation of why I'm presenting this audio video or video audio. You know. There seems like there's a battle out there with believers, if I can put it that way, with different Christian believers in the body of Christ on YouTube. On YouTube, and I'm sure probably on an audio podcast as well. And it seems to me that you have more issues with Christians going against Christians or ridiculing other Christians on YouTube, podcast, Twitter, whatever, more than there, more than checking what's going on in the outside world or the unsaved. Now, when I said, and I'm not just saying, we're not supposed to be judging the world. We need to judge ourselves within the body of Christ. The world will be the world. I, I, you know, I get that. The world is going to be the world. They're going to do worldly things. They do what the world do. They do what the unsaved do. You know. But you also have good unsaved people. Not good as in going to heaven. You know. But good unsaved people. You know. And a human standard. Because there's no one righteous. There's no one good in the eyes of God. But I'm just saying. You know. There's some good decent people out there. That lives pretty decent lives. Even better than some Christians. You know. I must say that. But what I'm talking about is. All the battling. And the the, the, the gripe. And the, uh, the friction. You know. That's going on in the body of Christ. It's just becoming too much. You know, just becoming too much, you know, and I don't want to really be part of that, you know. Okay, this is what I this is what I'm going to do today. I'm going to uh, 
have a brother on here audio a brother that I check out once in a while because he's he's really he's a critical thinker he's a he's a brother in Christ and I never met him personally personally a lot of the other people that I have on here on audio I never met them personally I just started my podcast so I haven't stretched out that far yet but I use their video on audio on my podcast I use their video on audio on my podcast you know and one day I will have some physical guests on here they don't have to be nobody famous you know I just want to have guests on here to just speak what's on their heart what's on their mind whether it's about the bible or something encouraging you know that's going to help you know people and help the body of Christ and help others as well and I would do that rather in a physical sense you know on my podcast show or on my future radio show uh, as a guest or I will have it on audio I like to call it my video audio that means I pulled it off YouTube and I can't show you to your visual because I only do it by audio podcast I use it as an audio so I, that's what I call my audio guest if you don't have you know have an understanding of what I mean right there that's what I call my audio guest okay the Bible talks about you know don't be so quick I'm paraphrasing to judge the world because the world is going to be the world you know when the world talks about Christianity and what they think Christianity is or what they think the Bible is or what they think the Bible should be saying we shouldn't have much to say about that we don't need to attack those folks you know like vipers and whatever like that because the world just being the world that they're spiritually dead they can't spiritually discern things they can't spiritually discern you and I they can only go by our character and our the way that they see us living you know if they're around so-called Christians so they go by that they base a lot of things off our living and they pertain it to the Bible or vice versa and then we get judged by our outward acts more than you know what the Bible says so they look at your outward life more than what the Bible says so they hear certain things but they see something different in the Bible okay this is an issue here that I'm seeing a lot and I've seen this for the last few years and uh, is when we're talking about certain things in the Bible let me put this as plain as I can so you can hear me clear so you won't misquote me when we talk about as the church, the body of Christ and things of the, in the Bible, whether it's a doctrine or a narrative, we need to be careful. We need to be careful. And this brother is going to talk about that, and I agree with him. We need to be careful. You know, not so much careful of the world. That you need, yes, you, you need to, we need to be very careful and selective you know, righteous selectiveness when we're talking to the world about the things of God, you know, you know, matter of fact, let me start with that. When you talk about the, first of all, when you talk about the things of God, you know, it's a waste of time to try to get so deep with spiritual things and, you know, allegories and different things like that about the Holy Spirit, you know, you know, especially if you're not doctrinally correct, if you're not doctrinally, doctrinally correct. We don't need to talk about the world about the so-called deep things of God and the, the miraculous things and what you need to do because you lose most of the people and the people you do gain, they be deceived when certain things that you told them that were happening in their lives is not manifesting. You know, I get into that a lot because that's very important. 
church that's very important body of Christ we need to watch that you know when they ask certain things about salvation we don't need to be talking about the tongues and talking about the healing or you need to go this way or paying your tithe or you need to be on church your time or whatever like that or you need to dress this certain way no we don't need to get into that with the world because you you run them away you uh you set a standard for them that they want they don't even think about accepting Christ you know they, they think it's too strict and they can't see this stuff happening happening in their lives okay this is not what I want to talk about but I'm just using that as an example. Now, when it comes to the believers, when they, when we're trying to help a young believer, a new believer, rather a new believer being someone new in Christ. Now, remember, I, I put emphasis on a new believer does not mean I'm not talking about age all the time. Sometimes it is age, but a lot of times I'm not talking about age. You could be age 15 and just got saved. You could be age 90 and just got saved. You are, are considered a new believer. Okay, you consider a new believer. When we're talking to a new believer, we want to bring them up in the right doctrine and what the Bible has really said. We want to tell them where to begin. We want to, we want them to understand who God is talking to, what God is saying, why, when. We need to get into all of that and explain the Bible to them, you know, precept by precept within context. We must learn how to use the right exegesis. Eisegesis. When we are explaining to a believer. We don't need to tell them about eisegesis. They can get into that stuff later. But we need to start baby spawning them first. When it comes to the believer. Not the unbeliever. They're, they're unsaved. I'm talking about the believer. We need to start baby fooling them first. On the right principles and doctrines of the Bible. That's very important. Okay. Remember that saints. That's very important for you and I to do that. Okay. Where you going with this, Joseph? Okay, this is where I'm going. I started off talking about all the griping and all the uh, the disagreements and because of a different doctrines and different things with different believers and Facebook, YouTube, or whatever like that. It's become so confusing. You know, scriptures are being misquoted and, you know, people taking uh, the Bible out of context because of their traditional beliefs. Traditional beliefs. Remember what I said before you get through listening to this audio, video, audio. Traditional beliefs can deceive a lot of people. It, 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 it has already deceived the person that's using it, you know. But the ones you are telling it to is really also as dangerous because they're going by what you tell them about a certain gift in the Bible, whether it's tongues Brothers and filling with the Holy Spirit, brothers being baptized, brothers paying your tithes, brothers different things like that, you know, rather being healing, miraculous healing, and you know, the two step move and this, do this, and God and the Holy Spirit will move in your life. You are responsible for that person's soul. You have become responsible for that person's, you know, identity and his soul and his eternal life. So that's very important that we come with the right doctrinal teaching. For that person when they're a new believer or older believer. Okay. All right. Without further ado, I'm going to let you listen to this uh, young man that I think uh, his name is Alan Parr. Alan Parr. I listened to him a few times on YouTube. And uh, I don't know what his, I, I know a little bit about his background because he came from the type of background, same as me, 
follows the word of faith. I started off with the Church of God in Christ, the holiness movement, the Pentecostal movement. And I think he did, too. And both of us, not at the same time. I'm, I think I'm a little probably, probably maybe maybe about 10 years older than him. And I'm not sure, but I know I'm older than him. You know, I call him the Denzel Washington lookalike, man. This guy looked just like Denzel. Man, I'm sure he heard that before, but this guy looks like a young Denzel Washington. Handsome young man, looks like a young Denzel Washington. Probably a little taller. He just looked like a young Denzel Washington. If you know, if you've seen Alan Parr on YouTube, because he does his ministry off YouTube, he also got a Bible school that he teaches about the Bible. You know, you might be interested in checking that out, but I'm not here to promote, promote that. He looks like a young Denzel Washington. His name is Alan Parr. You can find him on YouTube. And YouTube got some pretty relevant, critical thinking, biblical teachers on YouTube. And then there's some that I'm going to not get into, not now anyway, about that, because I'm not here to bash my brothers and sisters in Christ in that way. If anything, if they're going to to the left, I will speak on against their doctrine, just like this brother Alan Parr is that's going to speak against a certain doctrine that's used by another brother in Christ. You know, okay, and probably another YouTube well-known brother in YouTube. You probably heard of, but you haven't. But these are YouTube ministers. When any time you put yourself on a platform, whether it's audio podcast or YouTube, you consider a minister to certain people. Sometimes that's all. That's all they listen to, including myself. That's all they listen to. So they take your word for God's speed, which is not good. They need to just recheck and everything like that about certain ministers. I always backtrack on what we are teaching, and so that's the danger of them, and also the danger of us to watch our doctrine and what we're talking about okay you follow me well anyway this brother Alan Parr I'm gonna just let him talk what he's talking about I'm not gonna even you know break down what he's trying to say you know that's for him I'm gonna let you hear it from yourself because I, I don't like I always use straw man and I don't like to use nobody as a straw man but this is his knock on another Christian brother that's all I'm gonna I'm say that then I'm gonna give you my comment and my opinion about the whole thing on both sides you know Mr. I, brother Alan Parr and this other brother, which is called what's his name again? What's his called? His last name is Rogers. That's all I know. His last name is Rogers. Okay, so I'm gonna get set up here. How you all doing today? <laughs> hey, I'm on my new mic. I got me a new mic that I'm getting into now, so I'm on my new mic. I'm testing this mic out. I, mic out. Microphone. Mic for short, of course. And I want to hear your uh, feedback on this new microphone. So I'm getting pretty set up here. I'm also in my new studio, studio in my parents' garage. They let me use their garage for their studio. And I got to say, I like it. It's more soundproof and it's more quiet. So I hope it sounds a little better. So I'm, I'm really getting to the point that I'm getting more comfortable. I can move my hands. Because, man, when I talk, I move my hands a lot, okay? You know what I'm saying so <laughs> god bless that so that's that's what i'm doing now but right now i'm going to uh it's probably be about 17 to 20 minutes long and this is alan parr he's going to address a certain issue that really bothered him and then i want you to come to conclusion should something like this bother you and see something should something like that bother me but you know we all have different things that bother us or don't bother us so this is brother alan parr He's on YouTube. You can find Alan Parr on YouTube. But uh, without even further ado, he has a certain issue or a certain complaint that he want to address. And I think the body of Christ needs to listen to this when it comes to certain things with doctrines, okay? And uh, check him out. This is Alan Parr. So last night around midnight, I was in bed just kind of scrolling through YouTube, and I saw this video pop up on my homepage 
from Brother Marcus Rogers, and I knew I just had to respond. Now, let me just start off by saying that I respect Brother Marcus Rogers. I love him as a brother and All right, that's what you do. You're doing something live and everything. Of course, as you can see, this uh, tablet that I'm trying to use is not acting right. So I'm going to have to try to replay this for somewhere. When he posted it on. Okay, let's do this again. Sorry about that error, but you know the internet has its own mind. So let's do this again. This is Brother. Night. I was Paul. in bed just kind of scrolling through YouTube, and I saw this video pop up on my homepage from Brother Marcus Rogers, and I knew I just had to respond. Now, let me just start off by saying that I respect Brother Marcus Rogers. I love him as a brother in Christ, trying to form a relationship with him, but I cannot stand back any longer and just watch hundreds of thousands of people be misled by a misinterpretation and a misrepresentation of the scripture. So, let me give you the background. About four days ago, Pastor Mike Todd of Transformation Church posted a video that I'm going to show you a clip on in just a moment. He posted it on his Instagram, and this video was basically about the evidence that a believer has the Holy Spirit. And the whole premise of his video is that we shouldn't elevate the gifts of the Spirit above the fruit of the Spirit. And if you really want to know if you have the Holy Spirit, it's more about the fruit of the Spirit in your life as opposed to speaking in tongues. I'm going to show you this clip, and then once we do that, I'm also then going to show you Marcus Rogers' reaction to Mike Todd's uh, video and then I'm going to give my reaction to that because there's so many different ways where Marcus Rogers is taking the scriptures out of context and leading people astray. But hold on to the end of this video because there is one verse that I'm going to point out a little bit later that basically debunks and takes down his entire theology as it relates to the relationship that we have with the Holy Spirit and more specifically speaking in tongues. So, I'm going to take you over to the computer and let's take a look at this one and a half minute or two minute clip of Mike Todd that he posted on his Instagram. But I did this whole thing to tell you there is evidence. There is evidence that the Holy Spirit lives in you and it's not speaking in tongues. Do y'all want to know what the evidence is? That the Holy Spirit actually has taken up residence and you've released them in your life? It's found in Galatians. Galatians 5. They're called the fruits of the Spirit. For these are the fruit or the evidence. You only get fruit if something was actually planted there. I'm going to walk you through this. You can't get an apple if an apple seed was never Planted. It can look like an apple tree, but the only evidence that there was an actual apple seed put there is the fruit. So can I tell you that there is evidence if the Holy Spirit really does live in you and it's the fruit of your life. And the fruits of the spirit are what? Help me. Love. Joy. Huh? Pete. That, now, y'all, let's read it. They, they don't even get it. Go to, go to Galatians 5.22 But the fruit or the evidence 
of the spirit that you have them is what? Love, joy, say it out loud, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such, there is no law. Can you write this point down? If you really have the Holy Spirit, the proof is in your fruit. I've met more mean tongue-talking Christians. You ain't got no evidence. You're selfish and mean, but you can speak in tongues. There's no proof that you have the Holy Spirit. You can prophesy, but you're not kind to people. Ain't this what it says? You can speak mysteries, but you're not faithful. You don't keep your word. We can't trust you at all. But you know what? Thus says the Lord. There's no fruit. Stop telling me because you can shout. You got the, I feel the spirit. No, you're mean. And because you're mean and you're selfish and you do not keep your word, there's no evidence of the Holy Spirit being in you. It's the Bible. All right. So obviously the brother is very, very passionate about what he believes. All right, but I'm going to just go on record and say I believe 100% in what this brother said, which is the idea that, hey, don't boast about whether you can speak in tongues and that's the evidence of the Holy Spirit in your life. You should be looking at the fruit of the Spirit in that person's life as opposed to whether they can or cannot speak in tongues. Now, what I really want to do is I want to look at how Marcus Rogers interpreted this and responded to this because he posted a video on his YouTube about the importance of believers being able to speak in tongues and we all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions and it's because that occasional shave really hurts it's the time of year for big occasions and yet there he is suffering with that cheap drugstore razor let's help him out henson shavings line of razors built with aerospace precision deliver a smooth shave your dad brother and even son can enjoy eventually with replacement blades just 10 cents each you'll buy it once and they'll use it for life how's that for the perfect gift Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase. And no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. The necessity of that. And I want to break that down and show several different ways where Marcus is very, very wrong. And let's just go and look at a couple of scriptures very quickly. The first one I want to start with is a very familiar passage, Mark 16, 17, 18. Okay, so already we're in trouble, okay, because it looks as though Marcus is going to try to use Mark chapter 16, verses 17 and 18 as a proof text to try to prove that believers need to speak in tongues. Now, there's already a problem here because if you go to any study Bible at all, you will see right below the verse 8 of Mark chapter 16 that verses 9 through 20 is not even found in most earliest manuscripts, which is bringing into question whether this 
passage of scripture that Marcus is getting ready to use to prove that believers need to speak in tongues, is this even a valid passage that should even be included in the Bible? Maybe, maybe not, because it's not even found in the earliest manuscripts. So already we're on skating on thin, thin ice here. Let's continue and see what he says. And these signs shall follow them that believe. And my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. All right. So right there, watch this. All right. It says these signs shall follow them that believe. So if you're a believer, all right, you can cast out devils. You can speak with new tongues. They can take up serpents. If they drink any deadly thing, it will not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Notice that it says believers. It doesn't say some believers. It doesn't say a special group of believers. It says these signs shall follow them that believe. Okay. Oh, man. Okay. So here is a very, very big problem. All right. So Marcus is basically using a verse of scripture that says that these signs should follow every single person that believes. And in this passage, there's several things that are listed. Number one, you should be able to cast out demons. You should be able to speak with other tongues. You should be able to heal the sick. Uh, you should be able to drink poison and not die. You should be able to pick up snakes. You can't exegetically pull the uh, speaking in tongues portion out of this verse and suggest that every believer should be able to do this, but not every believer should be able to do that. If you're going to use this verse to prove that every Christian needs to speak in tongues, then you also have to say that every Christian should be able to drink uh, deadly poison and not die, which some people have tried based on this verse and have died. And then you also should be able to say that every Christian should be able to pick up a deadly snake and not get bit. Or every Christian should be able to go to any hospital and lay their hands on the sick and they should be able to get well. And every Christian should be able to cast out any demons. Listen, what he's doing is he's taking isolated experiences that happened to a small group of apostles in the book of Acts and then projecting that and saying that because it happened to some believers in the book of Acts, therefore this must be the normative experience for every single Christian who ever lives throughout the history of time. My friends, this is a huge, big misinterpretation of scripture. Okay, let's play some more. If I have the faith, I can do these things. So number one, maybe there's an issue with your faith. If, if you see somebody's possessed with a devil and it's like, man, I couldn't cast it out. Maybe there's an issue with your faith because the Bible says these signs shall follow them that believe. Okay, so this is getting worse. All right, this is getting worse. So now he's basically saying that if you are a believer and you're not able to do any of the things that are found in Mark chapter 16, verse 17 and 18, it's not God's fault. It's that you don't have enough faith. So it's your fault. If you can't speak in tongues, you don't have enough faith. If you can't pick up a deadly, if you can't pick up a snake and not die, it's your fault. You didn't have enough faith to be able to pick up that snake. And, and if you don't, if you're not able to drink deadly poison and, and live, it's not, it's not anyone else's fault. It's your fault because you didn't have enough faith that that poison wasn't going to cause you to die. If you can't heal somebody in the hospital that's sick, it's not God's fault. It's your fault because you didn't have enough faith. Do you see what he's doing? He's literally taking this verse and just tearing it apart in a way that it was never intended. Okay, let's keep going. 
right. And then um, I want to go to, well, before we go to Acts 2, that's very familiar. Let's go to Acts 19, 1 through 6. All right. Uh, we can start at verse 2. And he said unto them, Have ye received the Holy Ghost since ye believed? All right. So in Mark 16, we see it says, These signs shall follow them that they believe. So the belief comes first. Then he comes here and he says, um, Have ye received the Holy Ghost? Paul. Uh, since you believe and they said unto him we have not so much as heard whether there be any holy ghost and he said unto them unto what then were ye baptized and they said unto john's baptism then said paul john very baptized with the baptism of repentance saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him that is on christ jesus okay so basically here's another major uh flaw in what brother marcus is doing he is using a narrative, which the book of Acts is a narrative. What is a narrative? A narrative is a story that captures the specific events of a group of people or an individual. Marcus is using a narrative book, the book of Acts, to build his theology, which is a huge misinterpretation of how scripture should be used. Listen, Whenever we as a church are looking for doctrine in terms of how we, what we should believe, you don't go to a narrative book to get doctrine. You go to the doctrinal books. You go to Paul. You go to Peter. You go to the epistles and things like that. That's where our beliefs are. That's where our doctrines are. If you go to any narrative book and try to build a theology around it, it's very dangerous. Let me give you an example. Let's just say you go to the Old Testament and you're reading about the nation of Israel, and they are uh, uh, walking around the walls of Jericho and for seven days. And after the seventh day, they shout. It would be easy for me to be like, okay, well, you know what? Any walls that you have up in your life, they need to come down. And what you need to do to get those walls in your life to come down is you need to circle those walls. You need to circle those walls. You need to shout. And if you shout, those walls will come down. Listen, that was an isolated incident for the Old Testament nation of Israel. But you can't just transfer that into every single believer, right? And that's what Marcus is doing. He's taking isolated incidents from the book of Acts. And interestingly enough, later on, I'm going to show you the fallacy because the one verse that disproves his entire theology, he somehow uh, conveniently left out of his entire argument, which I'm going to show you that in a little bit later. But he's using a narrative book, which is capturing specific experiences of a specific group of believers at that time and saying, hey, because this happened to them, therefore it must happen to every single believer. Okay, let's keep going because this is where it gets really bumpy. Right? And be baptized. Everyone, this is the same thing that Paul did in Acts 19. And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remissions of sin, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. All right? Now, notice what it says there. It says, if you repent and be baptized, and I got to break this down. I don't want to really get into the baptism thing, but watch this. It says, repent, that's one action. Be baptized, that's two actions. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ. So I'm baptized in the name of Jesus. This is Peter preaching that first message. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. These three, three things happen. Some people say, oh, you don't have to be baptized. Okay, so once again, this is a huge mistake that he's making. He's basically taking one verse from Acts 2.38. And he's saying, hey, in order for you to get the Holy Spirit, you have to first believe. Okay, that's fine. Then you have to repent from all your sins. 
but then you have to be baptized. And so he's saying, if you do these three things, then, then you'll get the gift of the Holy Spirit. But if you're not baptized, you don't get the gift of the Holy Spirit. So he's suggesting and teaching some, the, some sort of theology that you and I have to do something from a human standpoint in order to receive the Holy Spirit. Now, I could give you about 15 different verses in the New Testament that basically refute that. But basically, one of them is 1 Corinthians 6, 19, which says, our bodies are a temple of the Holy Spirit. It doesn't say our bodies are a temple of the Holy Spirit after we get baptized or any uh, repent from all our sins and things of that nature, right? So this idea that we have to do something in order to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit is just not a proper teaching. Okay, let's keep going. So one thing that I want you to understand if you're watching this video, if you have not yet spoken songs, the Bible says these signs are going to follow them that believe. And so the way that I approach it, and Michael Todd approaches it differently, I always speak it in a faith. If you want it, you can have it. If you follow on this biblical recipe of repenting and you've been baptized in Jesus' name as the apostles did it, all right, you can receive it. Now, if you don't get it right away, the Bible says not. That door shall be open unto you. Seek and you will find. I, I want you to know you can have it, you can get it, and not only that, you need it. Oh, boy. <sighs> okay, so now he's saying that believers can have the gift of the Holy Spirit, or excuse me, have the gift of tongues if we want it bad enough. Once again, there is no scripture in the entire Bible where it encourages us nor teaches us to seek after or to ask God to give us the gift of tongues any more than we should ask God to give us any we all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday there's only one road into key west but you won't believe where it can take you travel back in time to a city rich with history discover amazing artists and musicians taste seafood fresh off the boat or just kick back and soak up the island vibe for more about key west visit flakeys.com key west close to perfect far from normal other spiritual gift. Why? Because 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 11 says that the Holy Spirit distributes the Holy Spirits to every single believer as he wills, as he sees fit. You don't go to God and say, God, I don't like these gifts that you've given me. You need to give me another gift. So this idea that you uh, that you that you can ask God to give you the gift of tongues. There is no verse in the entire Bible that supports that, nor encourages believers to pray for the gift of tongues. I have a whole video dedicated to that. Number two, he misuses this this uh, idea of asking, seeking, and knocking from the book of Matthew, where Jesus says we should ask, seek, knock, to suggest that if you ask God enough, or if you seek God enough, or if you knock down God's door enough that you can have what you need or have what you want rather. And then the third problem is he says that not only do you can you have it and you should want it, but you need it to suggest that if you don't have the gift of tongues, that you are some sort of second rate 
uh, second-class Christian that's incomplete because you don't have the gift of speaking in tongues. My friend, you need to be careful of this wrong teaching because this is absolutely not consistent with the scriptures. Okay, let's keep going. All right, because watch this. This is something that a lot of people argue about and get confused about, but if you go to Romans 8, uh, starting at verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. So I can pray to God all this stuff, you know what I'm saying, like in my mind and everything that I think of, but it says, I don't know what to pray for, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that... Okay, so, uh, so now he's using Romans chapter 8, verses 26 and 27 to equate that to speaking in tongues. Now, I'm going to show you in just a moment just how that is just a wrong interpretation of that particular scripture because you're not going to go to any commentary that's written by any known scholar and no commentary is going to uh, going to suggest that Romans 8, 26, and 27 is talking about the gift of speaking in tongues. Let's just read that verse. Let's read it and let's see if tongues is even mentioned anywhere in this passage. It says here, and the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. So first of all, it is saying that whenever you and I are very, very weak, the Holy Spirit then comes to our aid and helps us. Okay, cool. For example, we do not know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us. Okay, great. So whenever we don't know what to pray for, we have the assurance to know that the Holy Spirit is the one that is interceding for us. So the Holy Spirit, not the believer, not the believer. The believer is not saying anything. The believer is too weak to say anything, right? We don't know what to pray for. We are weak. So it is the Holy Spirit that is able to know the intents and thoughts of our heart that we're too weak. And it says the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. So that lets me know right there. There's no words that are coming out. I'm not speaking any words, right? I'm not saying anything. It's the Holy Spirit that is going to God the Father who is interceding on my behalf because I can't express what I'm wanting to say in words. This passage is not talking at all about speaking in tongues, but yet Brother Marcus is trying to equate it because once again, guys, this is an example of why if you're going to be a Bible teacher, it is critical that you get some sort of training on how to properly interpret the text because if you don't, you're going to be leading many people astray by misinterpreting the Bible. Okay, let's take a look at another one. We know not what to pray for. And even if you don't agree with all of that, watch this verse. All right, and it's in it's in Jude. All right, this is the the icing on the cake. But ye beloved, building up yourself on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. All right, this is in Jude one twenty. It says, "But ye beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost." All right. Um, let's see. I just. Okay, so once again, ah, oh, this is getting worse. So now Marcus is suggesting that Jude 20 is equated to speaking in tongues. But notice, nowhere in the verse is the word tongues even mentioned. It says that whenever we pray, we should pray in the Holy Spirit. But where in the Bible are you equating praying in the Holy Spirit with praying in tongues? The what it means to pray in the Holy Spirit is to pray with the power or under the influence 
of the Holy Spirit, which you can easily do by speaking your native language. There is nothing in this particular verse that talks about tongues. See, this is what happens whenever you try to force your theology into the Bible and force it to say something that the Bible just doesn't say. This verse, Romans 8, 26, 27, they don't say anything about speaking in tongues or praying in tongues. You can't force that into the text. Now, I don't think we need to listen to too much more, but let me show you the one verse that basically breaks down the entire theology as it relates to this idea of speaking in tongues. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 29 and 30, which interestingly enough, out of all the scriptures that Marcus shared in his video, he conveniently left this one out for some reason, maybe because he knew that this one, although speaking in tongues, actually debunked his entire uh, his entire thought process. It says here, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, do all work miracles, do all possess gifts of healing, do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? And so Paul is asking some rhetorical questions. Hey, does everybody have the same gifts? Does everybody have all the gifts? Does everybody uh, prophesy? Does everybody teach the Bible? Does everybody work miracles? Does everybody have the gift of healing? Or is everybody an apostle? Is everybody speaking in tongues? Or can everybody interpret tongues? And the obvious answer to all these is no right? Not everyone has all of the gifts. So this idea that every believer can have the gift of tongues if you just want it and ask for it enough is once again not supported in scripture. And Paul makes it very clear that not everyone is going to get every single gift. So my friends, listen, this wasn't a video to bash Brother Marcus specifically as a person, but it was a video to really encourage us all to be very, very careful and discerning about whoever you listen to and don't just take what sounds good and don't just take it because somebody's using scripture to support their position. Make sure that they are rightly dividing the word of God and not picking these scriptures out of context and making them say what they want to say. So I encourage you guys to continue to pray for this brother, but also be very, very discerning if you're listening to him or anybody, myself or whatever, and make sure that the person that you're listening to is giving you sound theology. So guys, I would love to hear your thoughts. I actually had a whole nother video planned for this one. I'll release that on Tuesday. Well, 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 you heard that. You heard that. That was our brother, Alan Parr. He's a YouTube minister, minister that uh, uh, uh that ministers on YouTube, brother Alan Parr. And the other young minister that he is having issues with, you know, as the old schoolers would say, is rebuking because of his doctrine. Is another YouTube minister called. His name is Marcus Rogers. Marcus Rogers. Now the third guy, the middle man, I think his name was what? Michael Todd, Richie Todd, I forget the names. But uh Mike Todd. I believe his name was Mike Todd. I never heard of Mike Todd. I heard of uh Alan Parr and I heard of Marcus Rogers, because they are they're popular on YouTube. I'm sure they have a lot of followers as well. And uh it was Mike Todd. Now, what do you think? What do you think, church? What is your opinion or what conclusion do you come up with? Who do you think is right? Alan Parr? Mike Todd? Marcus Rogers? 
Remember the names. Alan Parr, a YouTube minister. Mike Todd. I don't know if he's a YouTube minister or what, but he's probably on YouTube as well. And Marcus Rogers, a YouTube minister. Okay. Okay, I'm going to get you off the hook now. now. But I want you to think about that. Because when you heard this audio, video audio, it probably sounded like another minister, jealous of another minister, or another minister, knocked another minister, or this is just this minister's opinion, and different things like that. Or, you know, we can, we can all love each other and be together. We just, we just have different opinions and everything like that. You know, we don't have to agree. And I agree with that. If you're thinking that, I agree with that. That's true. I agree with that. You know, it's a lot of uh, ministers or, you know, believers that we're going to disagree on certain things. We're going diff- to diff- disagree on certain spiritual things and even on doctrines. We're going to disagree. And that's why I played this audio video for you to come up to your with your own conclusion. Not Alan Parr's, you know, not Marcus Rogers, because this is these are two. The reason I'm, I'm mentioning I'm going to mention Alan Parr. And Marcus Rogers, because according to Alan Parr, now I'm quoting, you know, I have no proof in this, but according to Alan Parr, he he tried to get in touch with Marcus Rogers to talk about that issue, probably other doctrinal issues. He was very concerned and he wanted to get them meet Marcus Rogers, according to him, not so much of doctrinal debate, but just wanted to meet the brother and different things like that. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday we made usaa insurance to help you save take advantage of discounts when you cover your home and your ride discover how we're helping members save at usaa.com slash bundle restrictions apply no and i'm sure you want to talk about certain things that marcus rogers teaches and different things like that because you know there's other teachers on there that uh have certain ways and have certain doctrines that uh teaches certain things that i don't agree with not because it's different in my agreement but it's not scriptural so this is my point it's okay for someone to have an, uh, an opinion it's okay for someone, for brothers and sisters in Christ to disagree. Because that's, that's not going, that's going to happen. You're going to disagree, you know. As long as you're not disagreeing so much that you're falling out with each other. Because we are the body of Christ, you know. you got too many denomination, denominations already. So it's, it's, you're going to disagree. But certain doctrinal doctrines in the Bible, you got to get it right. I'm just going to be real on that. You got to get certain doctrines right. You got to get certain scriptures right. To prove what you're saying is correct when it comes to the Bible. Okay, we we must be men and women of the Bible. We must be men and women of study. We must be men and women of rightly dividing God's word. 
That's why I talk about rightly dividing so much on my podcast. Not only your body of Christ real talk, but uh, uh, connecting the dots. That's why it's so important. I'm not just using that lo- using that loosely. Loosely, I probably said a lot. I probably said too much. You know, you're probably right. I probably said that too much, and people get tired of hearing that. You know, but the reason I say that and I, and I, and I uh, repeat it so much because that's very important. There's so much wrongly dividing God's word today. Okay, so much wrongly dividing God's word today. But let me go back. Let me di- let me retract. Let me uh, let me uh, digress. That's what I mean by the uh, you know, you know, retract. Let me go back. Okay, I want you to come up with your conclusion. What do you? Who do you think is right? My Todd. Alan Parr or Marcus Rogers. You don't win no points in that. Ain't no, ain't no points. You don't win no brownie points or nothing like that. But you need to test yourself for what you did. You go back to scriptures. Not, not so much your opinion because your opinion can be so wrong sometimes. Our opinion can be so wrong. But you need to look at certain scriptures and test the scriptures. Test the verses of what certain ministers, including myself, especially myself, say, you know, to come up to a, 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 a concrete right Conclusion could maybe say there's there's no right there's never right yes it is when it comes to the Bible there's always a right conclusion there's always a true conclusion when it comes to the Word of God contrary to what people think we can disagree but somebody is wrong when it comes to certain doctrines when it comes to the deity of Christ somebody is wrong we and you know we can't leave it at that so remember before I give you my comment and, and my take on this with Alan Parr. And I listen to Alan Parr, and I know Alan Parr, for what I, I, I know about him, I never met him personally. Let's get that straight. I never met Alan Parr personally. And I listen to a lot of, a lot of, not a whole lot, but a lot of his videos. Not because I disagree with what he said, because a lot of things that he said, most of them I agree with. Because he knows how to rightly uh, divide God's word. You know, he's very eloquent in his speaking, you know, but he's, he's biblically very concrete and pretty much accurate you know nobody's 100% perfect but pretty much accurate on his interpretation and his eisegesis of the word of god he's pretty much accurate you know and he's 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 very well worded on that you know he's more of father than me in a lot of those areas so i i, I you know i listen to alan parr you know uh, quite a bit when it comes to certain doctrines and we agree on a lot of that not not saying because we agree that we are right but i he just on the right track according to the way i try to teach the bible and what i believe and the others that i have on here okay all right marcus rogers I'm going to look at Marcus Rogers. I never li- really listened to Marcus Rogers much. Uh, uh, the times I have listened to Marcus Rogers, uh, you know, and I hear him. His pitch is good. Okay. His pitch is good. His tenacity is good. His emotion is good. You know. And he's can be very convincing. He could be very convincing. You know, that's Marcus Rogers. That's what I see with Marcus Rogers. I listen to a lot of Alan Parr's teachings and more uh, in his doctrine. I believe, when it comes to the two, I believe Alan Parr, and this is my opinion, I believe Alan Parr is more doctrinal, you know, equipped than Marcus Rogers. You know, you could disagree or whatever like that. I, I, you know, if you want to listen to both of them, just listen to both of them. You can find them easily on YouTube, Alan Parr, Marcus Rogers, or even Mike Todd. Okay. So, you know, by listening to both of them, I can see that 
Alan Parr explained what background he came from. Then I'm get to do to what uh this is all about. What's my opinion on what Alan Parr had to say about Marcus Rogers and vice versa, and uh his background was charismatic. You know, word of faith the same as man Pentecostal. His background, you know, he was in a word of faith movement. I don't know about the Church of God in Christ, but you know, I was in a, a Pentecostal Church of God in Christ, and then I went on into in denomination the word of faith movement. The same as Alan Parr. We have somewhat of the same type of background. Marcus Rogers, I'm not sure what his background in, but whatever background he was in, I believe he's still in. And it seems to me, I might be wrong, it's more like a Pentecostal. I don't know. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say so much apostolic or oneness because oneness believe he doesn't they don't believe in the triune, they don't believe in the Trinity. And uh I'm not gonna say that, but he sound more he sound more Pentecostal, more charismatic, he's more into the gifts of the gifts of the spirit and he's more into that type of movement still what I'm trying to say is Alan Parr used to be in that movement word of faith movement charismatic charismatic just mean gifts the different gifts that's what being charismatic mean not the character but the gifts the charismatic gifts you know the Kenneth Hagen the Kenneth Copeland you know all those type of teachers or Roberts the charismatic gifts you know not so much the same as the Pentecostal but you know they they they, they, they focus more on the gifts of the spirit charismatic uh uh Marcus Rogers sounds more like he inclined with that group to me. I'm not putting him down or nothing like that because I've been there. He seems like he's more been he's more embedded today in that group. You know, compared to uh Alan Parr that used to be embedded in that group and moved on. See you see you understand what I'm talking about? One moved on from the charismatic movement or maybe the Pentecostal the charismatic movement I know that about Alan Parr because he gave his testimony where he came from and it's very powerful you need to look look into Alan Parr good teacher good teacher you know and uh you know where he came from I don't know too much about the background Marcus Rogers but I, I seen him a little bit on YouTube and then I watched him on YouTube I didn't watch him a lot because I seen that type of pitch so many times I was brought up in the Pentecostal holiness and then the charismatic movement. So I, I know where Marcus Rogers is already going because of his type of spiritualizing doctrinal type of teaching. And that's not to put him down. But I like to be real. You know, I like to be real. So that's the difference between Alan Parr used to be in the charismatic word of faith movement and uh, Marcus Rogers. I'm not going to say I don't want to use him as a straw man that he he's into that. But it, it seems like from what he talks about, he's more into the charismatics and he believes in the gifts and the manifestations and stuff is still working today. OK. Now, what do I uh, think? What Alan, what what do I think about what Alan Parr has to say about, you know, uh, now let's get to Mike Todd first. Let's get to Mike Todd. I don't know too much about Mike Todd, but what I seen about Mike Todd, what he was saying is correct. He's very animated. He's a very animated, you know, you know, very animated. He's, he's, he seems like he's very uppity and animated about what he teaches, you know, far as that. Far as is that if that's an act, or you know, or is that theater? Or is that his heart? That's the that's the point right there. Is it his heart or is it theater? Because you can have knowledge and that knowledge don't mean you really believe it in your heart. It's just theater. Okay? It's just knowledge. Knowledge don't mean you're walking in those fruits. 
You understand what I'm saying? Knowledge. I'm not saying. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying Mike Todd is not. But I'm saying because you have that type of knowledge and you have that type of understanding, which is true, what he was saying, don't mean that you're walking in those truths. None of us. Don't mean none of us is doing that. That's my point. That's why I say he's animated. Doesn't mean because you're animated don't mean you're walking in. You just have the knowledge and you have the understanding about that. Okay. All right. Alan Parr. You know, Alan Parr gets into different doctrine. He 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 somewhat debates different beliefs, whether it's not so much of the faith but other uh beliefs, you know, you know, different things like that. You know, he, he tries to get an understanding, he tries to get the truth out there to believers so they can get a good foundation of what God's word is really saying compared to other faiths or whether it's the same faith or a fellow believer in Christ or another faith or a sect, you know, that's outside, you know, whether it's Islam, Hebrew, Israelites, uh Mormons or whatever. You know, that's the type of thing he tries to get an understanding so he can get the correct teaching to the uh uh, to the correct uh, flock, Lord, people out there. That's that's Alan Parr to me, you know. All right. Now, I know I'm going a roundabout way, but I'm, I, you know, I'm trying to trying to lay a foundation here. Uh, who do I agree with? I mean, this is my personal thing. Who do I agree with? Alan Parr or Marcus Rogers? Okay. What I seen here is. Alan Parr had more scriptures to back him up in his disagreement with Marcus Rogers. Alan Parr had relevant scriptures and relevant interpretation, which I agree with. He used different translations, but they had a clear meaning. Like I said, I'm not against all translations, but I'd rather use the King James. But Alan Powell used different translations, but he comes to the same point, which you can do. But I just still go for the King James, but this is not about that. So he used different references. If you're a King James buffer or you're a King James reader, if you didn't understand some of the things he was saying, it was almost like an American standard. He used the NIV. He used the New Living Test uh, Bible, which I use also, the New Living. He used the New Living quite a bit, the same as me. I use the New Living, you know, for a better understanding. So what he was putting out there was accurate. It was accurate. He backed it up with scripture. He backed it up with context. So he understood about rightly dividing. He understands rightly dividing God's word, okay? Alan Parr. Marcus Rogers. What I've seen out of Marcus Rogers, and I've seen him before, is the typical spiritualizing exegesis type of minister. Okay, Joe, what you mean? Okay. Marcus Rogers is more to me, seems like a more of a preacher. He he portrays himself to be a teacher, which I'm not saying he's not. But he's per se, even when I seen him talking in a car one time, it seemed like he was preaching. It, it seemed to me he was more on himself. You know, he had the he had the he had the hook, he had the sound of a preacher of today. You know, he had that type of sound and that type of you know, that type of put out, you know, that type of that type of force, like a preacher, what I seen out of Marcus Rogers. I also seen out of Mar- Marcus Rogers that type of charismatic spiritualizing and using allegories to make a point. You understand what I'm saying? 
See, I'm, I'm, I'm giving you the difference. I'm, 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 I'm doing this purposely so you can see. So you can just see both sides. Because some of you probably follow Alan Powell's type of teaching. And some of you probably follow Marcus Rogers' type of teaching that listens to me. You know, so that's on you. So, but I want you to look at both sides. Which side is more scriptural? Which person has a better interpretation when it comes to God's word? You must look at that, you know. We're looking for a rightly divided and interpretation of God's word. I'm not saying you should know everything because I don't. Okay. Whether you a word of faith teacher, whether you a rightly divided type of follower, whether you, you know, you know, you heard of dispensationalism, whether you've been heard of sensationalism, you know, like a lot of sensationalisms and dispensationalism kind of so close in the way they interpret the Bible. Whether you heard of eisegesis, taking the Bible literally, putting context and talk, talk, context with context or exegesis, which means you spiritualize, you use allegories, you know, you take the real meaning out of the Bible, you just use a story to make it sound beneficial you know for the listeners you understand what I'm saying so there's a difference between the two pitches and the two approaches that I see between Alan Parr and Marcus Rogers okay both of them are my brothers in Christ I believe both of them are my brothers in Christ the issue is it's just two different doctrinal beliefs if both of them believe and Jesus Christ on what he done on the cross. And they believe that. They're saved. They're going to heaven. It's death, burial, resurrection. They're both going to heaven. But at the same time. I don't know that. I do not know that. You know. Because I haven't talked to them. And I haven't even asked those questions. But I'm not here to critique them. You know. I'm going to. I'm just going to say it like this. That's the most important thing. You know, of them being saved. So I'm just going to take them as being saved. You know, I believe they know that much of how to be saved. I'm hoping anyway. But when it comes to uh, which side, and I don't, I'm not, I don't mean size of following nobody or just say, oh, this person was right. He's the winner. He's the champion. <laughs> woo, woo. I don't mean nothing like that. You know, uh, yeah, yeah, shoot that down. I'm just saying which person was more doctrinal, correct, and rightly. Dividing God's word, which is very important. Now, the issue. The issue was speaking in tongues. Whew, very controversial. That's a hot wow. That burnt me just talking about it. The issue was speaking in tongues. A very controversial topic. And you're going to always have a difference of approach or opinion when it comes to a word of faith charismatic bringing up compared to a mostly, I would say somewhat of a fundamentalist, rightly dividing believer. What you must learn is which group is biblically scriptural, even if they not correctly write, but closer to the scriptures, which individual, including myself, which individual is closer to the scripture? If you, you won't know that if you don't study the Bible. If you're just a follower, if you just enter denominations, you will not know. You're going to follow whatever denomination that agree with what you believe in or whatever church you believe in. So you already kind of, you know, messed up on that one. If you're not willing to see both sides and really to study thyself, study to show yourself approved according to 2 Timothy 2 and 15, 
You're going to be caught in a certain denomination. You're going to be a denominational saint for the rest of your life. I'm sorry to say that you're going to be a denominational saint for the rest of your life. You're going to either be Pentecostal. You're either going to be charismatic. You're going to be Lutheran. You're going to be whatever. Because you are bought in and sold out on the traditional teachings of your church more than God's word. Okay? That's hard, but true. I've, I've been there. I've been there, but I kept searching. Because something wasn't right. Now, this is what I'm going to say before I get to myself. I'm going to go on this one with Alan Parr. Why? Because Alan Parr proved it by more scriptural scriptures. He proved it. What the word was really saying. And if you study God's word, you understand it's very accurate. God is very accurate what his word says. Okay, I go with Alan Parr in this debate. Even though they never, he never really met up with Alan Parr and they can just talk about it. You know, that's something they might need to get together. Remember, this is between... Uh, uh, Alan Parr and Marcus Rogers, you know, Alan Parr is invited to talk to him, but I don't, I don't know if you get any feedback from Marcus Rogers. That's between them, not me. I'm not even interested in that, you know. But it's between Alan Parr and Marcus Rogers. Now, is it wrong for Alan Parr to even talk to Marcus Rogers about that? No. If we feel there's some wrong doctrine and we can get and talk to that brother because, yes, you talk to that brother about it. It's very important if they're willing to listen. You know, might not agree, but if they're willing to listen and vice versa. Why? Because it's not about Marcus Rogers. It's about the people that he's teaching. Because you start a following. You start a following. Okay. It's very important. That you talk to a person. The Apostle Paul had to rebuke Peter. You know because in, in Galatians 2 and 11. Because it's hypocrisy. And I know that's a different thing. But the Apostle Paul was strong. And rebuking his brothers. Not saying they're not Christian. Not saying they weren't going to heaven. But he had to rebuke Peter. You know. Jesus had to put a lot of his disciples straight. He had to just correct them. You know. He had to rebuke them. So it's okay for us to correct and judge our brother within because it's more is 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 further than them. It's more about the people that they are teaching and the people that's listening to a Marcus Rogers or Alan Parr or even a Mike Todd or a lot of other or even myself. You know, it's very important. Doctrine is very important. Right doctrine, correct doctrine, which Titus also talks about sound doctrine is very important when it comes to the word of God. Sound doctrine is very important. Okay. Now tongues. Let me get back to tongues. I'm not. I'm going to try to keep this. Well, I'm just going to talk about it. Since the issue was mainly on tongues. And he was uh, correcting. Or you could say rebuking. Marcus Rogers on there. Because it's not the first time. That Marcus Rogers said some off wall teaching and I agree with him on that you know I don't follow Marcus Rogers because you know I've been with Marcus Rogers he's more into spirituality he's more into the gifts and he believes all that is still manifesting today and that's his choice that's his belief but I believe is more of uh, of traditional charismatic or Pentecostal type of upbringing why he's stuck on that it's not bible how do you know that joe because you, i've been around i used to be, a lot of things i believed about 
uh, in the word of faith, not all, not only the Pentecostal movement, but the word of faith movement is all about the gifts and your emotions and speaking in tongues and signs and wonders and your faith. That's we all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday to those who visit mickey d's for their favorite breakfast item and then go somewhere else for coffee give this mickey d's brew a second chance the glow up was real try any size iced coffee brewed with 100 arabica beans for just 99 cents until 11 a.m and pair it with a savory sausage mcmuffin with egg for 279 prices and participation may vary cannot be combined with any other offer Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. That's easy for me to see. I can pick that out of Marcus very quick because I used to walk. I was in that. It's not so much doctrinal, biblical based. And therefore, when you're in that type of movement, you use certain scriptures the way you want to use them. Not because you found it that way. It's because you was mainly Taught that way, and I'm not just saying Marcus Rogers was, but that in my, I'm gonna put myself there. Put myself. I'm, I'm gonna use myself. I was taught the majority, majority of what I believed about the Bible over my 30 years, and mainly taught. You know, even when I was doing Bible study, even when I was ministering, even when I was teaching people, when even when I had home Bible study and I was a teacher, you know, I, I used to go through the scriptures. I read the Matthew. I used to break it down. And a lot of things the Holy Spirit was showing me. But my traditional beliefs of my charismatic beliefs and my Pentecostal beliefs upbringing that dominated sound doctrine. You understand what I'm saying? That dominated sound doctrine, speaking in tongues. The laying hands on the sick, you know, the shouting and the spitting and the emotions and the feelings and the faith, your faith, not the faith of Christ, but our faith. Things that's not working in our lives because of our faith and da, 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 da. I remember once upon a time, I'm going to get back on them, you know, because I don't want this to be about me. I remember once upon a time when my ex-wife, when I was married to my ex-wife, you know, and we both was going, we was both going to the church of God in Christ, holding his church and everything. You know, we were, and he used to tell us we need to seek the Holy Ghost. We need to pray. We need to fast, you know, to get the Holy Ghost. You know, being brought up in the church of God in Christ, holding his church, a Pentecostal church. We need to really pray and, and seek the Holy Ghost. You know, seek him, seek him, seek him. You know, and I remember, and I'm making this long story short, actually really a long story short, you know, that uh, I met my ex-wife and I always believed uh, that the evidence, because I was taught this, the evidence of being filled with the Holy Spirit was speaking in tongues. I never quite, when I say I always believed it, I didn't, I never really believed it a hundred, you know, a hundred percent step. The years later stopped fading because I never seen that manifestation. It was just seemed that kind of fake to me. And, you know, and I was questioning, you know, I was questioning myself, you know, and uh, I'm going somewhere with this. So stay with me. 
And I always believed and uh, I, I, I often believed, let me put it that way, you know, watch my words. I often believed, believed that, you know, the evidence of being filled with the Holy Spirit was speaking in tongues. Okay. In my Pentecostal upbringing. Then later on through the years, as I started growing a little bit in that movement, it came to this. Well, as I started reading the Bible myself, you know, I started saying, well, I don't believe the evidence of being filled with the Holy Spirit is speaking in tongues. But I believe it's one of the evidences of speaking in tongues. And went to that as I grew in the Pentecostal movement, going into the charismatic in non-denominational. When I left the, uh, the pet, when I left the Church of God of Christ, I started getting into uh, the non-denominational charismatic movement, uh, Word of Faith movement, and everything. You know, so it was it was a little bit. I started learning more, and then it was right back on the evidence of speaking in tongues. But I never went back to that belief. I you know, I was went back to you know that was one of the evidence. And then as I started growing and started seeking. I was just, I started to believe that uh, the Holy Spirit, I believe, was teaching me that it wasn't, it wasn't the evidence or one of the evidence, period. Not today. I went that far. Not today. But I'm not, I'm, I can talk about that another time. This is not about me. This is about what I want you to get out of this debate uh, between uh, Alan Parr. And Marcus Rogers. This was about over four months ago, and I've seen this before, but I just thought I'd bring it in today and let a lot of you guys listen for yourselves. Because I like to, I like you to hear people, let you to hear people for themselves. I like you to uh, hear it out of their own mouths, because it's better than me trying to explain it. Because I can misquote someone and say something wrong. That's why I like you to hear. Uh, things like this yourself or debates or whatever like that yourselves, and I let you know it's their fight, not fight, but it's their uh, disagreement. On certain things, this is not, and I disagree on certain things anyway. But I don't need to talk to the brother about it, you know. Far as that, you know, I'm not saying I'm right or wrong about that, but I don't need to do that. They, they'll do that, but I can tell you what my opinion is about it, you know, because it doesn't bother me as much, you know, because it's going to be a little doctrinist disagreement on our beliefs when it comes to the body of Christ, when it comes to the church, okay? So, as many things we're going to disagree on, disagree on. So, in my conclusion of this. Alan Parr said enough, you know, and I agree with him. You know, Alan Parr was enough. You know, this is not a debate and everything like that, but I'm going to do, do, do this. I'm going to give applause for Alan Parr on this. So I go with Alan Parr on this. This is for Alan Parr. Yes. I agree with him 100%. He backed it up with scripture and he kept it correctly. So I go with Alan Parr on this one. Not because I could be whatever. <laughs> I just believe his doctrine. His, he he got he hit the nail right on the head when it came to doctrine and belief. Okay, okay. Now I'm going to talk about uh, doctrine compared to uh, isolated or narrative. Be careful when you try to use what Marcus Rogers and Alan Parr pointed that out very beautifully, very beautifully. Charismatic beliefs or holiness beliefs or Pentecostal beliefs or spiritual beliefs or uh, people that use ministers or uh, believers use allegories, gories, usually takes a lot of scripture out of context in a story wise, in a story type of way. And they use certain true incidents that happen in the Bible, uh, an isolated incident like uh, Brother Parr was saying, and or a narrative. And use it as doctrine. Which is no. You cannot do that. You can't use an incident. Which is very small. 
or narrative or illustration that happened in the Bible as doctrine that we can use today. If you understand what I'm saying, we cannot do that. See, we cannot do that. He used certain, like uh, the Jericho, when uh, uh, Joshua then would march around the wall seven times or whatever, and God said, you do this by your faith, and the wall will come down, you know, blah, blah, blah. You need to read the story of that in the book of Judges, and the wall fell down. We cannot do that today, because that's just an illustration of where God used them, Israel, as he used Israel there. That's very good illustration by Alan Parr, you know. Matter of fact, you need to read that. That's powerful. God moved in all type of ways with uh, with Israel, you know. So read that Old Testament and read how God used, you know, his church then in the Old Testament. Basically, you know, the uh, the church in the wilderness because there's different churches in the Bible and how he used Joshua and Moses and whatever like that. But they've done certain things as an illustration because the Holy Spirit came upon them and the Holy Spirit was moving a certain way in miraculous ways back then that he's not doing today for the church today. He's mostly teaching us and guiding us, and we're doing it. We believe in a lot of things by faith, not by sight. That's what the Bible said. We believe by faith, not by sight. That's even been been abused. That's why you don't see a lot of the miraculous wonders and things happening today, because a lot of that's not for today. Today, it was for Israel. It was it was for Israel for signs, because Israel looked for signs. Gentiles and Greeks looked for wisdom. Okay, that's another teaching. But my point is that. We must never pick a narrative or a small illustration or isolated incident as doctrine that we need to follow. Okay. Okay. Another thing, we must understand what certain gifts are and what certain gifts was meant for. Let me say that again. We must understand what certain gifts are and why, what certain gifts was meant for and why. Very important. I'm not going to get into long teaching on that. Not now. Very important. It's a lot of misunderstanding about gifts today, especially when it comes to speaking in tongues and signs and wonders, especially when it comes to speaking in tongues and signs and wonders. Okay. A lot of people still, I don't see how they don't get it. I, I, I really don't see how they go get it. You know, you know, I was always confused when I was brought up in a Pentecostal world of faith movement, you know, about tongues, because the gibberish would confuse me. Why do God want us to talk like that? Why we got to talk blah 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 and all that stuff? It never really made sense to me, but I just didn't study it. I just followed that's the way to be when it came to tongues, man. I'm just being real, man. I was probably a good tongue speaker, boy. I was kadam kudi shaka ya mama kaboko the handala shindala handala manga na umbata and all that stuff and everything. I had no idea what I was saying, but I I was told that you know. You know, God understood what I was saying and the, the spirit was saying things, you know, spirit was giving me utterance and blah, blah, blah. And all that kind of yeah, false teaching or whatever like that, that I was caught up into, you know, I was honest. I had, you know, well, to go back to that story, I'm, uh, I'm, then I'm going to get back, you know, I'm going to get back on, pick, pick it back on there with my, my ex-wife's fine. He's, uh, so-called spoken tongues and slobbing at the mouth. He got the screaming. Everybody shouted and everything. And I never felt that. I, I was I was somewhat jealous. I'm be honest with you, jealous because I felt I prayed and I done more than her. 
you know why come on, I'm not speaking in tongues they don't down the line you know I woke you know I, I thought the Holy Spirit woke me up I went in the kitchen and everything I started crying I started you know blah blah and everything you know I started speaking and I couldn't control my mouth and everything and I started saying how did I go you know and I felt the Holy Spirit was coming because I couldn't even control my own mouth but at that at that particular time I figured that was tongues I really did genuinely but I believe today and I really believe that it was something more demonic Huh? Joe, what did you say? I believe it was something more demonic. You can you can make things manifest in you. It's called uh, psychokinesis and stuff like that. You can make things manifest. You can start dabbling in things without even knowing. And Satan can bring these false things to you. Even the controlling, uncontrolling of your mouth. I can that when I felt that I can even control my mouth. You can make yourself do that when you believe something long enough. That's why hoodoo and voodoo and all that stuff well. And I'm not saying that people was into that, but you can be diving into a certain spirit that's not the whole. Holy Spirit, let me put it that way, okay, and these are good peoples, so we need to watch that, you know, I wasn't a bad person, I had my habits and my issues, but, you know, all that time, and today, I know it was not, had nothing to do with speaking in tongues, how you know that, Joe, because I understand what tongues was meant for, it had nothing to do with gibberish, it just had to do with different languages, and it was used for Israel, for their people, okay, to make that show, I'll get in and teaching on that one day, whatever. Or I have another teacher to teach on the uh, on tongues. Tongues mean languages in the Bible. Anyway, I'm gonna cut this right there. But I wanted to, I wanted you guys to to, uh, to see that. So I gave you who I felt was right, and you you can come up with yours yourself. I'm not finna tell you what to do and who you should believe because most of you, I believe, that's listening to me. You know, the ones that's listening to me. Grew up in a Pentecostal, a holiness, word of faith type of church. Gifts, tongues, healing, and you still believe that's for today. You know, that's what you believe. I ain't finna get into that right now. That's what you believe. You know, I don't. But that's what you believe. You know, I'm not afraid to say I don't. And I can tell you why. You know, God can do anything he wants to today. But I'm just talking about the format that God uses for today. And why it's not the same today that it was yesterday. Okay. So, but if you believe that that's on you, that's on you. You know, I still love you. Still my brother and sister in Christ. We're just not going to agree on that, you know. But just come with the scriptures and prove me wrong. Okay. And some of, and the most of you, I believe, was brought up in a Pentecostal charismatic or charismatic holiness church you know was brought up in that way you know it's not too many rightly divided fundamentalists out there okay you talk about baptists baptists they can get the shot and everything but baptists understand tongues and people might get mad more than the pentecostals do they understand what tongue was for than a lot of pentecostals do and you know and it's probably some things that the pentecostals know that more than the baptists but i don't see much you know most baptists understand that they might believe in other things that's not biblical for the church today but they believe uh the real use general use and what tongues was used for in the bible over a pentecostal you know so you know that's my take on that you know well anyway i'm glad you took this time to listen to that you know alan parr brother alan parr you know i will you know check out alan parr on youtube you know check him out on youtube look up alan parr the beat that's a that's the name of his YouTube channel, Alan Parr the Beat. When I see, see somebody teaching some uh, correct doctrine, we don't have to agree on everything, but we we we're close, and you know he understands correct doctrine and everything, and how to rightly divide uh, God's word. Look up Alan Parr called the Beat on YouTube. Look up Alan Parr. If you went to Marcus Rogers and everything, just check out Marcus Rogers also. But just look 
just backtracking what he's saying in the scriptures. If you're a Pentecostal, if you're holding this person, you're going to agree with him without even checking him out. You're going to say he sound good and he whatever because everything is feeling, feeling and emotions and a lot of allegories and spiritualizing and uses uh, uh, a lot of scriptures out of context. I'm not saying he used every scripture out of context. No, I'm not going to say that brother doing that. I believe this brother mean well and he teaches a lot of other things, you know, not so much the Bible, but he has his, his own when it comes to politics and different things like that. He has, a, he has a good take and a good eye on stuff like that. His doctrine when it comes to the gifts of today and different things when it comes to that is is somewhat off that I see from Marcus Rogers. So I don't really follow Marcus Rogers. That's my re- I do not follow Marcus Rogers. I can look for look at him, listen to him for a little bit, and I find my find myself turning away from him because his doctrine is just off balance to me, you know. But he's still a brother in Christ. So it's okay. He's still a brother in Christ. Okay. So, I want you to hear that this is Joseph Brownlee, Body of Christ Real Talk. This is Joseph Brownlee, Body of Christ Real Talk. I thank you all for listening to me. God bless you all. I want you to hear that. You want to hear uh, uh, the beat on Alan Parr? Check out Alan Parr. If you're interested in Mike Todd or Marcus Rogers, check those guys out. It's up to you. But make sure it's true doctrine. Try to get some information how they feel about salvation and different things like that. You know, that's very important of how to be saved. If you are not saved today, I invite you to re- trust Jesus in your heart. Believe in what he done to you on the cross. His death, burial, and resurrection, resurrection according to 1 Corinthians 15, 1 and 4. 1 Corinthians 15, 1 and 4. Trust Christ in your heart. What do you need to be saved from? First, you must believe that you are a sinner and you need to be saved from hell and the lake of fire. You need to be safe from hell and lake of fire. I used to say, you know, the seven year tribulation, but you're not promised to even go through that. You might die or something might happen before you go through that. But if you are living when the church get taken and you're not saved, you will have to go through that seven year tribulation and your sins will restart again. They're and they're not charged against you now, but they will restart again and your sins will be piling up and you will have to go through the kingdom of heaven program if you make it or if you don't sell out. Because it's going to be worse than you think this other stuff about the poke, poke, jab, jab and all this other jazz going on. Wait till the tribulation period if you're living through the tribulation, if you make it through the tribulation, you know. But if not, if you pass away then without Christ in your heart, there's no more help for you. If you something happened to you today and I'm just going to be straight up and I'm going to milk it down. If you die, let's talk about death. If you die today without Christ in your heart, without believing what Jesus done for you, you're going to hell point blank you're going to hell and then you will spend eternity in the lake of fire and brimstone point blank please with my love give Jesus a chance you have so much to gain like I always say this often say this but little to lose you might you might think it's the other way around about what you're doing in your life you might have to stop doing this it ain't no good anyway it ain't no good anyway we're talking about eternity. Saint, uh, people, ladies, gentlemen, we're talking about eternity. You have so much to gain by trusting Jesus, giving them a chance. Don't worry about trying to change first. You ain't finna change. You can't do that by yourself. Some things you're going to take with you if you give yourself to Christ. It's just something. It don't change overnight, you know. God is not going to say, woo, and all of a sudden lightning and something going to strike and you're a new person. You're a new person spiritually. You're a spirit man, yes, but that flesh is the battle. Another thing. 
another thing. The problem with being saved, well, the problem, let me put it this way. How to be saved is easy. Say, Joe, what? Yes. Who? How to be saved, and I'm going to leave you with this. It's easy. The problem is your belief. The hard part is believing. <laughs> Let me say that again. The easy part of salvation or how to be saved, that's easy. The believing part is the problem. You go to hell because of your unbelief, not because of your sins. Your sins have been dealt with. Okay? The salvation of your unbelief sends you to hell. You could be the baddest person to the goodest person in the world. You can go to church every day and be religious or whatever like that and still go to hell because of your unbelief of what Jesus done for you. Okay? So think about that. You have so much to gain but very little to lose. You have you be thinking you have so much to lose and little to gain. No, baby. No, brother. No, sister. You have so much little to lose compared to your gain. Eternal life in the heavenly places. Okay? Think about that. But don't think too long because you're not promised no, not promised a day, hour, minute, or second. Okay? I know this has been long, but it was worth it. Think about that. Salvation. Trust Jesus in your heart by first believing that you was a sinner and believing that he died on the cross and he was buried. And the ultimate part of what gets you saved is his resurrection. And then after you do that, check out Connect the Dots. Still look at this one, but check out Connect the Dots so you can start growing, growing in the spirit. So your spirit man can start growing. So you start checking out my other podcasts. Not only me. I'm not trying to say look at my podcast. But check out other Rightly Divided Believers. Uh, check out Alan Parr if you want to. Check out different believers. You know, Watch out for YouTube ministers. You know, Because if you keep listening to what I'm teaching. And, and some of the guests I'm going to have on here. It's going to be very contrary to what they're saying on there. You have to make a choice. But make sure you got your Bible. Make the correct choice. God bless you. I love you all. Thank you for giving me your ear. You know, I give you all a hand again for listening to me. All right. God bless you all. Thank you, my pray, my uh, cheering team. I finna say praise team, but a little bit of both. (laughs) God bless you all. My time is up. Here comes the bell. Love you. God bless you. Peace out. This is Joseph Brownlee, Body of Christ, Real Talk. Stay tuned for some more topics and subjects and audio guests. You know, Joseph Brownlee, Body of Christ, Real Talk. Host of Body of Christ, Real Talk. Love y'all. God bless you. Bye-bye. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday.